Welcome to Asia Today, it's Tuesday, the 27th of August 2019. In your top news for the day, Carrie Lam makes a reappearance amidst protests in Hong Kong, saying the violence is getting serious but still is under control. The Pentagon accuses China of bullying tactics in waters of Vietnam, the latest accusation in the South China Sea dispute. And elsewhere in the world, leaders at the G7 are divided on whether to readmit Russia into the elite group. Violence in Hong Kong's anti-government protests is becoming more serious, but the government is confident it can handle the crisis, the city's embattled leader said today. Carrie Lam was speaking in public for the first time since demonstrations escalated on Sunday, when police fired a water cannon and volleys of tear gas in running battles with protesters who threw bricks and petrol bombs. The Chinese-ruled city is grappling with its biggest political crisis since its handover to Beijing in 1997, and Communist Party authorities have sent a clear warning that forceful intervention is possible to quell the violence. Hong Kong's Beijing-backed leader said she was confident the city's government could handle the cri- could handle the unrest by itself, and she would not give up on building a platform for dialogue, adding that Hong Kong should prepare for reconciliation in society by communicating with different people. Lam said, We want to put an end to the chaotic situation in Hong Kong. She added that she did not believe her government had lost control. But she said the time was not right to set up an independent inquiry into the crisis, one of the cornerstone demands of protesters. Lam said that the Hong Kong government responded to the most important demand by putting an end to the extradition bill within days after the first protests. So we have to ask ourselves, the continued resorts to violence and protests and harassment, what are we going to do? If we continue to tolerate, accommodate and accept demands because of those protests, that will be very inappropriate and unacceptable response from the government, she said. Regarding harassment targeted at police officers and their families, especially young children, Lam called on Hong Kong residents to protect every child against bullying. More demonstrations are planned over coming days and weeks posing a direct challenge to authorities in Beijing, who are eager to quell the unrest ahead of the 70th anniversary of the founding of the People's Republic of China on 1st October. The unrest escalated in mid-June over a now-suspended extradition bill that would have allowed Hong Kong people to be sent to mainland China for trial. But the demonstrations have evolved over 12 straight into a broad demand for greater democracy under the one-country-two-systems formula. Authorities have so far refused to meet any of the protesters' five key months withdraw the extradition bill, set up an independent inquiry into the protests, and perceive police brutality, stop describing protests as fighting, with charges against those arrested, and resume political reform. The government said yesterday the illegal violence was pushing Hong Kong to the brink of great danger after weekend clashes that included the first gunshots and the arrests of 86 people, the youngest just 12. The protests come as Hong Kong is facing its first recession in a decade, with all its pillars under significant stress. Rate agencies have raised long-term questions over the quality of the city's governance. The unrest has sent jitters across the Asian financial centre, prompting some Hong Kong tycoons to start moving personal wealth offshore and residents to look for homes elsewhere. 
Jamie Mee, partner at Melbourne-based KN Britain, said the real estate agency was receiving about one-third more inquiries from Hong Kong buyers than usual, with most buyers targeting high-end properties, properties priced above $5 million Australian dollars. Zhuai.com, China's largest international property website, recorded a 50% increase in Hong Kong inquiries for Australian properties in the past quarter. China is carrying out, quote, coercive interference in oil and gas activities in waters claimed by Vietnam, the Pentagon said yesterday, accusing Beijing of using, quote, bullying tactics. A Chinese survey vessel on Saturday extended its activities to an area closer to Vietnam's coastline. Ship tracking data showed, after the United States and Australia expressed concern about China's actions in the disputed waterways. Recently, China resumed its coercive interference in Vietnam's long-standing oil and gas activities in the South China Sea, a Pentagon statement said. The Pentagon said Beijing's activities were contradictory to Chinese Defense Minister Wei Fenghe's pledge in a speech in Singapore earlier this year that China would, quote, stick to the path of peaceful development. The statement added, China will not win the trust of its neighbours nor the respect of the international community by maintaining its bullying tactics. The Haiyang DG-8 vessel first entered Vietnam's Exclusive Economic Zone, or EEZ, early last month, where it began a weeks-long seismic survey, triggering a tense standoff between military and Coast Guard vessels from Vietnam and China. Vietnam, which has developed increasingly close ties with Washington given shared concerns about China, has demanded that Beijing remove the vessel amid a month-long standoff in waters seen as a potential global flashpoint. Vietnam and China have for years been embroiled in a dispute over the potentially energy-rich stretch of waters and a busy shipping lane in the South China Sea. Beijing's top diplomat Wang Yi said last month that maritime problems involving Vietnam should not interfere with their ties. Last week, the U.S. State Department said Chinese actions were an escalation by Beijing in its efforts to intimidate other claimants out of developing resources in the South China Sea. The Pentagon statement come, comes as U.S. President Donald Trump yesterday predicted a trade deal with China after positive gestures by Beijing calming global markets that have been roiled by escalating tensions between the world's two largest economies. Iran has no intention to talk to the United States unless all sanctions imposed on Tehran are lifted, President Hassan Rouhani said today, a day after President Donald Trump said he would meet his Iranian counterparts to end a nuclear standoff. Tehran has never wanted nuclear weapons, Rouhani said in a speech broadcast live on state television, and adding that the country was always ready to hold, was always ready to hold talks. He urged Washington to, quote, take the first step by lifting sanctions. The step is to retreat from sanctions. You must retreat from all illegal, unjust and wrong sanctions against the nation of Iran, he said. We will continue to scale back our commitments under the 2015 deal if our interests are not guaranteed. The U.S. president last year unilaterally pulled out of a landmark 2015 international deal that placed limits on Tehran's nuclear activities in exchange for trade, investment and sanctions relief. Trump said the deal gave the Iranians cover to keep pursuing a secret nuclear military program which they insist does not exist. Today, Rouhani said the key for positive change is in the hands of Washington. Quote, 
because Iran had already ruled out ever doing what worries the U.S. the most, building an atomic bomb. Quote, if honestly this is your only concern, this concern has already been removed through a fatwa issued by Supreme Leader Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, he said. Khamenei is said to have issued a fatwa against nuclear weapons in 2003 and has reiterated it several times since. So take the first step. Without this step, this lock will not be unlocked, Rouhani said at a Tehran event marking the start of construction at a housing project. Trump had said yesterday at the G7 summit that he is prepared to meet Rouhani within weeks in what was seen as a potential breakthrough. French President Emmanuel Macron said he would facilitate the first face-to-face -face meeting between the US President and the Iranians. The future reintegration of Russia into the elite G7 group of the world's rich nations divided leaders at its summit in France yesterday as President Donald Trump pushed for Moscow to be allowed back after its 2014 expulsion. Russia was kicked out of what was then the Group of Eight, even as Moscow was holding its presidency, after it annexed Ukraine's Black Sea Peninsula of Crimea, a move never recognized by the international community. But US President Donald Trump, who will host next year's G7 summit, said he would certainly invite Russia to the event, though he doubted his Russian counterpart Vladimir Putin would want to come if it was only as a guest. And the host of this year's event, French President Emmanuel Macron, has also said it would be appropriate to include Russia if key conditions concerning the conflict in Ukraine are met. But Britain, whose ties with Russia hit a new low following the 2018 chemical poisoning on its territory of ex-Russian double agent Sergei Skripal, which London blamed on the Kremlin, has spoken out against Moscow's readmittance. The issue came to a head during lengthy discussions at the first official G7 dinner on Saturday, where the premiers and heads of state, also including those of Germany, Japan, Italy and Canada, put forward forthright positions on the issue, said a source close to the discussions, asking not to be named. Johnson told his French host on Sunday, as the leaders met for a session to discuss the world economy, you did very well last night, President Macron. That was a very difficult one. Sources, le sources later confirmed that Johnson had been referring to Macron's stewardship of the dinner in the debate over Russia as the leaders pushed their strong views quote, on the matter. Diplomats said the leaders were generally in favour of reinforcing coordination with Russia, but felt it was too early for reintegration. Trump told a press conference as the G7 wound up yesterday, I'd certainly invite Putin. Whether he, he could come or not, psychologically, I think that's a tough thing to do. He's a proud person. Trump accused his predecessor, Barack Obama, of having Russia thrown out of the group after he was outsmarted by Putin on the conflicts in both Ukraine and Syria. A lot of people say having Russia inside the room is better than having them outside. My inclination is to say, yes, they should be allowed back, Trump said. Macron had said in the run-up to the summit that it would be appropriate, quote, for Russia to rejoin the group. And less than a week before the event, he held several hours of talks with Putin at his summer residence. 
But Macron said that first, a solution must be found for Ukraine, where in addition to the annexation of Crimea, pro-Moscow separatists declared unrecognized breakaway statelets in the eastern regions of Donetsk and Lugansk. German Chancellor Angela Merkel, who shares Britain's weariness about Russia rejoining the group, says of Macron, Putin, and new Ukrainian president Volodymyr Zelensky would soon meet in a bid to relaunch the peace process. Moscow joined the group in 1998 when the G7 became G8 under the presidency of Boris Yeltsin as the West tried to anger Putin's Russia into the international community. But tensions intensified throughout Putin's ascendancy in Russia, and in 2012, he skipped the G8 summit hosted by the United States shortly after he was re-elected president following a stint as prime minister. Ironically, Russia held the G8 presidency in 2014, but planned summit during that year in the Black Sea talks of Sinchi took place as it was expelled from the group. The other seven countries instead met in Brussels. Like Britain, Canada also strongly opposes re-admitting Russia and thus seized Ukrainian territory in the back. EU Council President Donald Tusk, meanwhile, said that under no condition, quote, could, be ex- could he accept the logic of maintaining the status quo in Ukraine and allowing Russia to return to G8. Reasons why Russia was disinvited in 2014 are still valid, Tusk said. When Russia was invited to the G7 for the first time at the Yeltsin, it was believed that it would pursue the path of liberal democracy, rule of law, and human rights. Is there anyone among us who can say, out of full conviction, not out of business calculation, that Russia is on that path, Tusk asked. He retorted that it should be Zelensky, not Putin, who is invited to the next G7. An Australian academic has been arrested in China on suspicion of, quote, espionage, Foreign Minister Maurice Payne said today, in a development sure to deepen tensions between the two countries. Yang Hengjun had been held in Beijing for several months without charge, but Payne said the author and scholar had been formally arrested on August 23rd. Yang, an outspoken pro-democracy activist, was detained in January shortly after making a rare return to China from the, from the United States. Payne said, expressing concern about harsh conditions, quote, If Dr. Yang is being held for his political beliefs, he should be released. We expect that basic standards of justice and procedural fairness are met. China's near silence about Yang's fate and the refusal to grant consular access has been a point of friction in relations that have markedly deteriorated in recent months. There is a growing concern in Australia about Beijing's influence on domestic politics and growing military clout in the Pacific. Yesterday, an official corruption inquiry heard that a well-connected Chinese property developer delivered 100,000 Australian dollars in cash to the opposition Labour Party's headquarters before a 2015 election. The man, Huang Xiangmo, was effectively banned from returning to Australia in February. Australia has traditionally been keen to avoid friction with its biggest partner, but Payne's statement was unusually strongly worded. She said, Dr. Yang has been held in Beijing in harsh conditions without charge for more than seven months. Since that time, China has not explained the reasons for Dr. Yang's detention, nor has it allowed him access to his lawyers or family visits. Payne said she had raised the case five times with her Chinese counterpart Wang Yi in person and via letters. Yang had initially been held in residential surveillance and designation, quote, before being moved to criminal detention, quote, his lawyer told AFP. This is the end of Asia Today. For more news, head over to cna.asia.